Um, let's just open in prayer. Father God, we just love you so much. We're so grateful for the truth and the power of your word. And as we come around you today, we thank you that Jesus Christ is the living word of God. We thank you that as the word of God connects with the spirit of God, that there is a release of a spirit of creativity and innovation, that there's a release of divine order, that things that are out of order in our lives come into order. We thank you, Father, that as we come around the word of God with the spirit of God, revelation is released, transformation is imparted and things change. So, Father, we come here today and we say as descendants of of you father as children of the most high god as citizens of the kingdom with the blood of jesus flowing through our veins that we are taking our place in the spirit realm and in the natural and as we take our place we release salt and light into the world and we bring change in jesus name amen amen Amen. well I, i don't really have much to say about me i'd rather talk about jesus um, I just love Jesus. I'm so grateful. Uh, many years ago, um, I was planning suicide and my marriage had broken up. I had uh, six children, six and under. And every second weekend, they're off with my, my husband, ex-husband and, and the current girlfriend. And I was just a mess of pain. And then my, my fifth child died and I was just in more pain. So I thought, I just can't cope with this. I was going to Mass every morning, every morning, all the kids, nappies, bottles, everything, every morning, 6.30 a.m. Mass, because I knew that God was the answer, but I just couldn't reach him. And so, um, and the pain just got so much, I thought the only way out was suicide. So I went to my daughter's grave to say goodbye, and uh, not knowing, being Catholic, whether I was going up, down, or floating in the middle, I didn't know where I was going to end up. So I just went to um, say goodbye to my daughter and just, you know, look for God's mercy for me. And all of us, and I cried out to God and I said, where are you? I have looked for you my whole life. Where are you? And he was right there. And I was covered in warm oil and I was totally changed with the presence of God that just connected with me. And I went home a totally different woman. And as I walked in my front door, there's a phone call from a little old born-again, spirit-filled Irish nun. He said, I'm coming around to pick you up. There's some meetings you need to get to. And that was where I was introduced to the Catholic charismatic movement. And that was just the start. And so, you know, Jesus just changed everything in a split second. And um, ever since then, it's kind of like, God, I'm not quite sure how to live, but I just know that Jesus will teach me to live. Jesus, teach me to live the way that pleases God. Teach me to live. Because I didn't know how to live as a single mum. I didn't know how to cope with, um, you know, as a single mum with all these children. I didn't know how to cope. Um, So it was like, Jesus, you've got to teach me to live. And so for me, when I opened the word of God and and I recognize that it's Jesus because he is the word of God. So when I open the word, I'm looking at Jesus and he imparts to me practical application, practical solutions for things. And um, what I felt when I was speaking today is that there are some people here that uh, maybe you feel a bit lost. 2020 has been a crazy year, right? It's just been crazy. It's been very different to anything before. But God is wanting to do a new thing. And sometimes where he's shifting us, like it could be the States. Other times where we feel like we've been in captivity to debt, unemployment, things haven't worked out. God is wanting to shift our perspective and to change things that we actually step into a fullness of an abundance of life. It's like it says in Psalm 23 that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. 
So it doesn't matter what we are surrounded by, whether it's COVID, whether it's regulations, legislations about COVID, whether it's um, job keeper, job seeker, whatever it is drying up, whatever surrounds us, God surrounds us in a, in a deeper way. His presence surrounds us. And so he has a way for us to live that will transform our situations and our circumstances. And it's the, he does prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Our heads are anointed with oil. The precious Holy Spirit is always with us. He never leaves us. He's forever guiding us and leading us. But there is a thing that God has written before the beginning of time. God wrote a book about you. Each and every one of you, he has written a book about you. Psalm 139 says that the book that he wrote about you before the beginning of time. And in that book, God poured out his plans, his dreams, his hopes, his desires for you, for your life, for what he's wanted you to, to fulfill, to be, to go, to do, to achieve, to have. He wrote it out. And in that book, he wrote out the good works he's called you to live. Going to America is one of them. He's written good works that he's called you to do. He's written about the good life that he's called you to live. A good life. Because that's what Jesus came to give us. A life of abundance and a life of goodness. That we would see the goodness of God in the, in the land of the living. And so he's written this amazing book about each and every one of us. Now, I didn't know this for a long time. And when I discovered it, I said to the Lord, you know what? I think I've ripped out pages. I think I've missed chapters. I think I'm, I'm nowhere near the page I should be in the book that you wrote about me, but I'm telling you right now, God, from this point on, I want you to align every day of my life with the right page in the book, that I would live out your destiny for my life, that I would fulfill what you've called me to fulfill, that I would take hold of what you've called me to take hold of and fulfill the destiny that you wrote in that book about me. And in Psalm 139, verses 5 and 6, in the Passion Translation, it says that he goes into the future before us to prepare the way. And then in, in, he circles back behind us and cuts off the harm of the past. And then his hand of blessing is on us for the present. And I just love that, that he goes before us and prepares the way, cuts back behind me and cuts off the harm of the past. And then with his hand of blessing upon my life, leads me into the goodness of each day. So it's the goodness of his book. And I think sometimes we, we don't really see that God's amazingly good. Because sometimes the things we face don't seem to be that great. And it doesn't really account for the enemy that we do have. But I want you to, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. And this is a letter that was written to the, um, the people of Israel who were taken captive out of Israel to go to Babylon. And they were going to be there for 70 years. And it wasn't where they were meant to be. Like they had, It was almost like an Abraham journey, you know, leave everything you know and, and go where I'm sending you. So he, they went to Babylon, foreign culture, uh, foreign gods, no, no network of support, no network of friends, nothing. It's a completely new scene. And yet Jeremiah comes and he's got a word of encouragement. And this is right out of God's book for each and every one of us. And sometimes, you know, as Christians, what we tend to do is we tend to pull back and we tend to make sure that, you know, we're, we're surrounded by Christians or we've got a kind of Christian subculture happening. But God is calling us in this season to be salt and light. 
He yeah. wants us to go out there and be a God flavor in the world. He wants us to go out there and be a God light in the world and to make a difference, to make a change, to be the agent of transformation that he's called you to be through the power of the word of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So let me just read Jeremiah 29, verse 3. I'm just going to read to verse um, 14. Thus says the, uh, the letter was sent by the hand of Elisar, son of Shaphan, and a whole heap of names that I can't pronounce. And it was sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the captives whom I've caused to be carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So you can paraphrase that for us. Thus says the Lord of hosts to all the people of the kingdom of God that have been exiled into the world at this day, whether you're in Queensland, whether you're in Victoria, wherever, as a kingdom citizen, you are no longer in your homeland, but you've now been sent into the world as, a, you know, as an ambassador for Christ to represent the government of God in this place. He said, but you have been sent and carried you in a different place in the kingdom of God. And he says in verse 5, I want you to build yourselves houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not diminish. Multiply. That's a kingdom principle. Multiply. We are to multiply everywhere we go. And I'm not just talking about... Um, you know, multiplying in family, but multiplying in, in resources, multiplying in wisdom, multiplying in peace, multiplying in the grace of God. We are to multiply. And he says, when you go there into that foreign country, when you are in that place where, you, you know, it's not comfortable, it's not what you would like to live in, because we all want to live in like the kingdom of heaven, right? We want to live in heaven on earth. He says, it's, if it's not like that, he said, I want you to do some things for me. I want you to recognize that with the hand of God upon your life, with the power of the Holy Spirit, I've called you to multiply. I've called you to make a difference. I've called you to settle in as if you own the land. I want you to take possession. I want you to build homes. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to think generationally. I want you to start planning for the future. You're going to be there 70 years. I don't know, you know, so he's, I want you to think generationally. I want you to think about what's going on. And I want you to take possession. I don't want you to go in as, as people that have been what trafficked out of Israel that have been taken as prisoners of war. I want you to go in with your heads high. I want you to take possession. I want you to live well. I want you to own where you are. I want you to blossom where you're planted. I want you to take hold of what where life has put you and think, you know what, I might not be where I really want to be. I might not be walking in the fullness of destiny, but with the hand of God upon my life, with the instructions of God in my mouth, with the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I can possess the land where God has positioned me. I can possess this position in, in employment. I can take hold of... A freedom from debt. I can move into something that God has called me to and I can make a difference. He said, I don't want you to go in there as prisoners of war. I don't want you to go in there with your heads bowed. I don't want you to go in there as victims. I want you to go in there and possess what I've called you to possess. You're going in there and it's only for a period of time. It's part of the destiny of the nation. But I'm telling you, when you go in there, you act as if you own it. And this is what we're called to do. For 2020, 
And I, I'm not very happy with the government because they haven't seen the church as an essential service. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We are. Yeah. Because if we're not an essential service, people are going to hell. If we're not an essential service, there's a lot of um, good in the community that doesn't get done. Even to tell us how to take communion. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like, I'll obey. Don't push it too far. Mm-hmm. And then to tell us not to worship. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. I will obey, but don't push it too far. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is with with all of the things that have happened, we have accepted a lot of stuff. And in that, there's been unemployment, there's been uh, instability of our times. Um, But, you know, the Lord is the stability of our times. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, he is the stability of our times. He's the wisdom of our times. But this word here says, don't you dare take a backward step. You might be going into a land that you didn't think you'd end up in. You might be doing something that you never thought I'd called you to do. But don't you dare take a backward step because I'm calling you to multiply, not to diminish. I'm calling you to take ground, not to lose ground. And even though it might not be what you thought, it might not look like what you think it is, I want you to take hold of that. And I want you to recognize that you are to think generationally, that you are to think about what about the future generations. So I have six children. One is with the Lord. I have 13 grandchildren. And I have three and three-quarter great-grandchildren. <laughs> so one with just after Christmas will be number four great-grandchildren. So I'm thinking generationally. Like what kind of a society am I leaving for my grandchildren? Yeah. What are they being taught in school that really I don't agree with? Yeah. You know, what's happening to... What, what am I leaving for my kids? So I'm getting this kind of righteous stuff rising up on the inside of me. Like I want to leave... I'm not on my watch is basically what I'm getting. Not on my watch. I want to leave a better society for my grandchildren, for my great-grandchildren. I want to be able to say... When I look at them in the face, think, you know what? We didn't lose too much ground. You've got a solid foundation. Just just build on what we have given you and change society. Bring the kingdom of God into the fullness of establishment. So one of the ways that we're told here to do this is build yourselves houses, dwell in them. He's basically saying, you might think you're being taken in there as a, a prisoner of war. And prisoners of war do not build houses. They're stuck in internment camps, aren't they? So he's saying you step out of that victim mentality. You stick out of what society is saying that you are when you come into Babylon. And you say, you know what? That's not who I am. I'm a free person because I belong to Jesus Christ. I am free. Regardless of the um, confinement of COVID and everything else, I am free in the spirit and I'm free in my soul. I might have to conform to certain uh, legislations and restrictions in the natural, like one and a half metres and all of that thing that we're told. But as to my spirit, as to my soul, we're free. And so he's saying, you make sure that you take the ground that you're living in. You start to blossom where you're planted. You start to realise that God has called you to multiply and not to diminish, that you are to increase, that you're not to lose anything, that this is a time of manifestation, of increase, of multiplication, of growth, of change, of taking possession. He says, I want you to think generationally. Take wives, have sons and daughters. Let your sons and daughters get married. He said, think generationally. What are you leaving for the next generation? What are you doing at work, you know, for leave it better for the next person who comes along when you're promoted? Think generationally. Don't just think about yourself. God is a generational God and he thinks generationally all the time. 
And he says, in this, he says, don't blame the Babylonians for where you end up. Because they could so easily have said, you know, it was because of the Babylonians that we're here. No, it wasn't. It was because of the choices that Israel had made. That God said, you know what? You can stay in Israel, but there's going to be the sword, the famine, and the and, um, plague, I think. Or you can go to Babylon. You've got a choice. And for each and every one of us, we have a choice. We might think there is no choice. There's often been times when I thought, I don't really have a choice here, but that's not true. With God, there is always a choice. Yes. With God, you are never, ever, ever backed into a corner. Well, yeah. Never. God is never backed into a corner. And if we're in him, there is no way you can be backed into a corner. There is no way you can be trapped in a situation or a circumstance because God always has the way out. He always makes a way where there's no way. And so he's saying to the Israelites here in Babylon, he says, you know what? You might think you're trapped. You might think that you're going in there as prisoners of war. He says, but I'm with you. I'm with you. And this is going to change everything. And so we're going to go in there and we're going to make a difference. If you understand the power that is on the inside of you, the kingdom of God is within you. The hand of God is upon you. The word of God is in your mouth. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is on your life. Everything you do is blessed. Everything you do is blessed. Now, sometimes I walk around saying, I'm blessed. And it's through the teeth because if you look at the situation, doesn't look blessed. You know what I mean? But I refuse to agree with the enemy. I am blessed. Blessed going in, blessed coming out. Everything my hands find to do is blessed. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich and he adds no sorrow with it. We're blessed. So I might say it through gritted teeth, but I'm agreeing with God and I will not agree with the enemy. And so in, in all of this, we are called to multiply and not to diminish. You are called to increase and not to decrease. And it doesn't matter what that looks like. It could be peace. It could be joy. It could be finances. It could be um, your business. It might be the fact that you're just starting to, to diminish in who you are. Sometimes pressure does that to us. It makes us smaller than what we really are on the inside. And that's why Jabez cried. He said, God, bless me. Enlarge my borders. He had to grow on the inside before anything could change on the outside. And so sometimes that growth, that increase, that multiplication, it's got to start on the inside of me. I've got to see myself living a different way. I've got to see myself changing things. And then in verse 7, God says, I want you to seek the peace and the well-being of the city to which I've caused you to be carried away captive. And I want you to pray to the Lord for it. For in the welfare of the city, you will have welfare. In the well-being, in the peace and the prosperity of the city that you live in, you will have peace and prosperity. So one of the keys for us in, in whatever area we live and whatever is happening in our lives is that we must be praying for the city that we live in. The Father God, we pray for Yadala. We pray for Yadala, right? We pray for Yadala. Lord, we lift Yadala up before you. We thank you for righteous counsel, righteous government. We thank you, God, for the unemployment ceases, that, Lord, you bring in industries, you bring in businesses. Lord, we thank you for Yadala. We pray for your peace and your prosperity to invade every aspect of Yadala. We pray for the salvation of the Lord to flow through every street, to touch every family, that, Lord, you would change Yadala at its very heart and its very core, that Yadala would rise up and fulfill the destiny that you wrote 
wrote about it in the book that you wrote about Yatala. Father God, we pray for Yatala. Father God, let your peace, let your prosperity, let your well-being, let your goodness of God be seen upon this suburb in ways that have never been seen before. Father God, we pray for this city. And as you pray for it, as you get the answers of God flowing into Yatala, you are blessed. You will reap what you've sown. Things will change for you. Father, we pray for, you know, like government agencies in Yatala, that, Lord, they wouldn't be the way some, some of them are sometimes, but, God, they would be touched with compassion. Yes. That they would understand the dignity of a human being. That, Father God, it's not just about an agency of the government, but, Father, it's people serving people. Father, we pray for the heart of Yatala. Let it be touched by your heart. Father God, we pray for the families of Yatala. Strengthen the families. Strengthen marriages. Lord, bring honour back into families. God, we lift Yatala up before you. We pray for every business, that they would prosper, that they would excel, that there would be a spirit of excellence upon their work. Father, let the hand of goodness be seen upon Yatala. And as you pray that, you will reap what you sow and the goodness of God, the, the love of God will be released into your life because as your city thrives, so will you thrive. And you can't blame anyone. You just got to bloom where you're planted. And then in verse 8, he gives a warning. He said, don't let false prophets and diviners deceive you. Basically, he's saying, listen for the truth. Only God gives truth. Listen for the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth. He says, pay no attention or no significance to, to, to your dream or to theirs. The dream we have to pay attention to is God's dream. God has a dream for you. God has a dream for Yadala. God has a dream for an Ignite Life. Yadala, God has a dream. Pay attention to God's dream. Keep your focus on Jesus. Because so often it's easy to take your focus off Jesus and put it on other people, other things, the pressure of bills, whatever it might be. Then he's saying keep your focus on God's dream. Because God has a dream. And he wrote it in a book. And it's about each and every one of you. And it's about this, this city of Yattle. Verse 10. He says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'll visit you. And I'll keep my good promise to you, causing you to return to this thing. God says, everything is for a season. Everything is seasonal. COVID is seasonal. Financial ups and downs, global financial, all of this stuff, it's all seasonal. Everything is seasonal. He said, if you stay true, if you'll stay planted, if you'll obey me during these seasons, then the promises of God will manifest in your life. Stay in touch with the seasons of God. Listen for what the Spirit of God is saying about the seasons. Verse 11, he says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for well-being and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. He's saying, I know the future that I've got for you. I've got good promises and good things for you. I've got a future for you and a promise for you. And he says, I'm, I'm bringing you into that. I'm bringing you into that. So be industrious. Continue um, to recognize that you must live from a spiritual perception. You've got to see things from God's point of view. Sometimes it's not that easy. But live for God's kingdom agenda. He says, I've got these amazing plans. In those amazing plans, he says, I've got a life of abundance. John 10.10. 10. The devil comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. 
but Jesus. He came and gave us a life of abundance, a life till it overflows, a life full of all good things. Ephesians 2.10 says that he's got good works for us to do. So he's given us a good life and he's given us good works to do. And he says, I want you to recognize about these things. You have been saved for good works, not to not from good works. So God has created your life into a piece of art. It is a dream of God. It's a masterpiece that he's crafting his life into your life. He's working in you to do something with you. That's his desire. He's working in you to do something with you. And his work is basically to bring glory to him and good to people. It's that simple. What we do, how we live, does it bring glory to God and does it release good to people? That's it. How easy is that? It's easy to walk in step with Jesus when you recognize that that's what he's called us to do. So we've been, we've been just oh, so blessed with everything that he's called us to do. But he says, don't live like a victim. Don't blame other people. Build your family. Build it well. Think generationally. Follow the dream of God for your life and recognize that he's got really good plans, a future and a hope for you. And he says, you, and um, don't create a Christian subculture, like actually boldly get out into the world and be the soul and be the light and make the change. Because sometimes we become so introverted as Christians, our whole life revolves around church, not that that's a bad thing. As a pastor, I want people to, you know, I want people to come to church and, 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 and that, but it's not the center. The center, it, it's part of God's uh, equipping for you, but the center of your life is Jesus Christ. And we follow him. So if he's calling you to go into, into business, go into business. If he's calling you to change, to, to go into childcare and get on the board, you know, and change from within that way, do that. If he's calling you for politics, go in and do that. But he's calling you to do something to release God flavors and God light into the world, to bring about salvation, to bring about redemption, to bring about restoration, so that everything Jesus Christ died for, he receives. He receives. And then he says in verse um, 12, he says, then, he says, you'll call upon me and I'll come. And you will come and pray to me and I'll hear you and heed you. He says, when you start to see, when you start to walk this out, when you start to recognize that your life is your life, that you're not a victim to anybody, that you can't blame anybody for anything, that your life is your life, that you're living it as I tell you to live it. It's a life of abundance. It's a life of goodness. It overflows when you live, when you multiply, when you increase, when you don't allow yourself to diminish or to lessen or to take a step back, but you're always moving forward for the kingdom of God. He says, it's going to come a deeper prayer relationship with me. There's going to come a deeper friendship with me. There's going to come a deeper intimacy with me. You're going to come to me and we're going to we're going to pray you could, we're going to dialogue we're going to commune with each other things are going to change and he says that um, I will hear you and heed you and in verse 13 you'll seek me and inquire for me and inquire me as a vital necessity you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart so what he's saying here is what is required is a wholehearted devotion you know like he's got to be everything He's got to be everything. We've got to come back to 
the living sacrifice, the surrendered life. Jesus, I'll go wherever you want me to go, like Ashley and David. I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. Might not be easy figuring out what that is. Might not always make sense to us logically, but it brings fulfillment to the heart and peace to the soul. So as we pursue uh, the restoration of, of God and, and come into the things that he's calling us to come into, you are going to find that your lifestyle is going to find an improved or increasing quality because your relationship with God is going to change for the better. As you start to live his way and start to realize what he's called you to do and you start to step into it, then what happens is that there is a greater release of the anointing of God upon your life a greater release of truth. There's a greater release of peace. There's a greater release of joy. You know, it says in Peter that grace and peace is multiplied in our lives. I would love a multiplication of grace and peace. I love what I've got now, but hey, if it's going to multiply, I'd love that. And then he says in verse 14, I will be found by you. You are going to have a, such a relationship with me that it's going to be so much different to anything you have ever had before. I will be found. You're going to discover aspects of God that you, you never knew existed. And he said, I will release you from captivity. So whatever captivity we're in, whether it's pain in the body, whether it's sickness and disease, whether it's financial poverty, whether it's um, unemployment, whatever it has captured us he says i am going to release you from captivity i'm going to set you free you're going to walk in the freedom of an abundant life that jesus christ died to give you he said i will uh, release you from captivity i will gather you and i will bring you back to the place from which i caused you to be carried away there the captivity will end and there is going to be a restoration of everything that has been lost and stolen over the years by the locusts has anybody else had stuff stolen and lost over the years hi you know like both hands really you know but he says if when when you start to live this way as a kingdom citizen that has been released upon the earth to establish colonies of heaven upon the earth. I have called you to release a colony of heaven, your home, um, the way you see things, the way you move, what you do, how you establish yourself. You're not a victim. You're not second class. You're not behind. You're not overlooked. You are a child of the Most High God. You are engrafted upon the palm of his hands. He's written a book about your life. He knows your comings in and your goings out. He knows the thoughts that you think before you think them. He knows the words that you speak before you say them. He, he counts every hair of your head. He is so immersed in your life. He loves you so much that he is with you every step of the way. And he says, I'm teaching you how to live. I'm teaching you what to do. Establish your household upon the earth. Establish your family. Establish what I've given you. Establish this. And remember that multiplication is part of the kingdom, not decrease, not, not less. And don't allow anything to diminish you or make you smaller than you are. Remember who you are. Know your identity in Christ. And he says, as you start to live this way, then the plans that I have for you can be outworked. And as my plans are outworked for you, then we come into a deeper relationship. Our prayer relationship grows. Our friendship relationship grows. And then he says, all anything that has captured you, anything that has 
captivated you and caught you away from what I have called you to do will be destroyed and I will release you into a restoration of life, a restoration of everything that's been lost and stolen. You will know what it is to walk in the fullness of the blessing of God and you will find that he is with you in everything. He will bring you home to your own land. He will do what is good. He will um, bring a fullness of restoration. And remember that he goes before you into the future to prepare the way for you. And then he comes back behind us and cuts off the harm of the past. And then he says, my hand of blessing is upon you for the present, for today. So as you step into today, I'm sending blessings to meet you. As you step into tomorrow, I'm sending blessings to meet you. But you've got to live as a kingdom citizen. You've got to arise and know that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You've got to know who, who you are and, what, and, and the fullness of your identity in Christ. So no more allowing the world to define who you are. No more allowing government departments to say this is what you are. No more allowing doctors' diagnoses to say this is what you are. What we are is who God says we are. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit as a pledge to God. We are captured by the blood of the Lamb. You are citizens of the kingdom upon this earth and he has called you to establish his kingdom here. Each and every one of you has a call. Each and every one of you has a, a plan of God. He's written a book about each and every one of you. So the key is, God, whatever it takes, I pray that you would align our steps with the pages of the book, that you would cause our lives to come into alignment with the book that you wrote about us, that we would start to live your plans and your purposes, that we put down what we think and we receive what you've got for us and we would walk in the fullness of the plans of God for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I don't just hand it back to you. you do that. Hand it back to you. Thank you so much for that, Suzette. Well, I have to confess I've never read Jeremiah 29 prophetically like that before. So a real eye-opener, a real eye-opener to me. So I thank you for that very much. And I'm, I'm going to go and meditate on that this coming week. Does that sound like a good idea? Yes. Meditate on it. And ask the Lord to show you what it means in your own life. And I'm sure um, Suzette will pray for any of you who would like prayer. Um, I'll stay back too if anybody wants prayer for any specific reason. Um, if, if you, you don't want to hold back uh, for prayer, then do join others downstairs for our community time. A little bit special today. Make sure you say hello to Suzette and goodbye to David and Ainsley. Just get that in the right order too, eh? Don't get up And write in the card. And write in the card. That would be a really good idea. Write in the card. Okay. All right, well, may the goodness of God yeah. run after each.